Welcome back to the Nickovit Studios podcast. I am your host, Jack Ryan, and every Friday we'll be coming at you with a brand new episode. At Nickovit Studios, we change lives through fitness, but with this podcast, we're hoping to change the podcasting world, bringing health and fitness to the masses. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to episode six of the Nickovit Studios podcast. I'm joined today by the boss lady herself, Katie Tannum. Morning, Katie. Good morning, Jack. <laughs> or it could be any time of day where, where you are listening to this. <laughs> could be, it could be morning, evening, middle of the night. It could be next year. It could be 2022. What's 2022 like? Is COVID gone? I don't know. But uh, it is interesting because anyone can listen to a podcast at any time. How are you, Katie? I am great. Thank you. Funny you should say, because I'm actually sitting in a dark room, even though it is the afternoon. So it does feel like night time for me. So I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm encompassing all vibes of where the listener might be. <laughs> encompassing all the vibes. The, vi- the main vibe we'll be encompassing today is Nutrition 101. Katie is the uh, co-owner, founder, and head accountability coach at Nick Fit Studios. She's here today to talk us through calories and macros. We're going to look at everything to do with energy balance, how many calories you should and shouldn't be eating, and any nutrition myths that need to be busted, Katie's here to do that for us today. So uh, Katie's been, as years of experience, anyone who listens to, to our, I think it was episode three of the podcast, we had uh, we had Katie and Niall go through their backgrounds. Katie has an extensive background in, uh, in running a gym, in helping clients with their accountability, with their calories, with their nutrition. So uh, you're, you're in the hands of one of the best in the country. So I'm excited to hear what Katie has to say. First question, let's start really, really simple. What is a calorie? What is a calorie? Um, a calorie is just basically a little tiny unit of energy that comes into our body through food, alcohol, drinks, and then leaves our body through exercise, movement, output. So, yeah. <laughs> it's literally the energy source from which we get all of our uh, all of our, our pep and our step. It is interesting when you look at your meals. I was only thinking about this yesterday. I was looking at my protein yogurt thinking, this is my petrol, you know, this is my, <laughs> this is my unit of energy going into my body and it's going to somehow fuel me by magic. But uh, it is, it is a, an, an interesting but simple question. So calories, uh, it's how many, how many, this, this is a form of energy that you're taking into your body. So calories is our, our is basically our, our, our energy source. That brings us to the energy balance question. Can you explain to the listener what energy balance is? Yeah, so energy balance is basically the relationship between calories in versus calories out. Um, So if we take in more calories than we burn, we gain weight, which is called a calorie surplus. And if we burn more calories than we take in, uh, it's known as a calorie deficit, and that will cause us to lose weight. And then if the amount that comes in and goes out is equal, that is a maintenance level calories. Okay, so it's a pretty simple equation. Uh, Like if you're filling yourself up with too much fuel, it's going to have to be stored by the body. And then if you're not taking enough in, obviously your body has to use its own resources. It's fat stores. So how do I know as a person, how do I know how many calories that I need to, to eat to lose weight? Yeah, so you hear people say this all the time, like, oh, so and so is eating 2,000 calories. Why am I only eating 1,500 calories? And calories, the amount of calories you should be eating um, changes depending on a load of things. So what your goal is. So if you want to lose uh, weight or if you want to gain weight that's obviously going to determine how many calories you've taken also um your bmr your height age all these kind of things affect how many calories you need on any given day so somebody who has 
a higher rate of muscle mass will need a lot higher calories than somebody who has a lower rate of muscle mass because muscle burns calories. If somebody is, is extremely active throughout their day, they will need a higher amount of calories than somebody who might be quite sedentary for a living and sitting at a desk all day. Um, so there is a lot of factors that go into determining how many calories you need to eat um, in order to get your goals. Um, but we will generally um, use a formula. Um, actually, sorry, the best way to get a calorie target is to track. We get clients to track for two weeks and work out their maintenance. And once you've found your true maintenance um, from tracking your calories, tracking your weight every day, we will then know um, where to bring your calories in terms of uh, in terms of reaching your goal. So whether you need to be in a deficit or a surplus. So if I were to come to you and say, okay, I'm uh, looking to lose a little bit, little bit of weight, you would have me essentially collect some data over the subsequent week or two track my meals every single day regardless of what I'm eating and that'll help us help establish that number to what I need individually to lose weight exactly so off, off kind of like having met someone straight away we can work out like an an in and around calorie goal but it's never going to be totally accurate until we actually track some data and find out what that person um, is eating first of all and how much they are gaining or losing uh, based on those numbers so for example somebody could come to me and say Katie I want to lose weight um, how many calories should I eat? So we can use like um, macro calculators. They're all over the internet. There's one on our website. You can use uh, formulas. We use the Eric Helms one a lot in the gym, which is multiplying our body weight in kilograms by 22. That'll give you your kind of baseline calories. And then we use a multiplier depending on how active or sedentary you are to figure out how many more calories on top of that you need. So for example, let's say that spit out a calorie number of 2000 for that given person as a maintenance level. And I know that person wants to lose weight. We would then have to determine how much weight does that person want to lose. So let's say they want to lose uh, about a pound a week on average, um, which is about half a kilo, which is the kind of recommended amount. Any more than that is a little bit too aggressive. Um, and any less than that might just give you slower results, which is also fine. But depending on that person's goal, we would then work out, work out what their deficit is. So when looking at calories um, and fat loss, 3,500 calories is equal to one pound of fat. So if you are trying to lose, let's say, one pound of fat per week, what that looks like is a deficit, a calorie deficit of 3,500 calories over the course of the week. So as we said, that person's calorie maintenance level was 2,000. So now in order to lose that pound of fat, they need to be in a deficit of 3,500, which works out at 500 calories per day over seven days to give them that 3,500 calorie deficit at the end of each week. So that person would then need to eat 1,500 calories each day to lose a pound per week. So that's kind of how we would work it out. But as I said, the best way to find true maintenance, I could give that person a range and say, right, we're looking at about, based on your activity multiplier and your current body weight, height, et cetera, um, you should be eating in and around, let's say 1,800 to 2,200. That would give them a range. We would then get that person to actually just track everything for 14 days. I call it like the data collection phase. So that person would track 14 days worth of food intake and 14 day, days worth of morning weight, uh, morning weight. And then what we can do is we can correlate how much that person's weight has changed over the course of the two weeks based on the calories they were eating. So they would, we would have an average of calorie, uh, sorry, we would have their calorie average intake by working out over the 14 days. We'd add it all up together, divided by 14. And that would tell me, okay, over the last two weeks, this person has been eating an average of 1800 calories. And then we would see that their week one average weight. So we'd add up all their weights of week one and it would give me an average weight. 
um, which is a much better way to weigh because it uh, includes all the fluctuations, but we might go into that a little bit later. Um, and then we would compare it to their average weight of week two. And let's say their weight changed by 0.5 of a kilo, so half a kilo or a pound, depending on what metrics you're working in. So let's say that person changed, they dropped half a kilo. I would know then that that is a calorie deficit of 500 calories uh, per day. And I would know then that, that their maintenance is just 500 calories more than that. Or let's say they tracked for the two weeks and we saw that their average weight was the exact same. We say, great, we have found your maintenance calories. It worked out that you weighed 1800 over the last two weeks. Your weight stayed the exact same. So now we know that your true maintenance is 1800. Therefore, we can then deduct calories from that number depending on how quickly or slowly they want to lose weight. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, it's good information. And it's so calories seems to be the most important uh, me- metric in terms of what we're taking into our system. But from what you're saying there, tracking really is the key as a nutrition coach, accountability coach uh, is tracking like, the sort of the, the art of tracking. Is that the key piece for you when you're working with a, a client who's looking to lose weight? Uh, yeah, like we deal a lot with calorie tracking in our gym because nine times out of 10 people don't have enough kind of experience or maybe knowledge around the foods they're eating it's not necessary at all like people can get really good results without ever using a tracking app in their lives and if they can that's even better because you know yourself tracking is time consuming and it takes a lot of kind of commitment and determination to kind of do it so if somebody came to me and said I don't want to track my calories absolutely let's do it without tracking calories but it does give people a the kind of information about the foods they're eating um, that they might not have realized before it teaches people about um, what's in their food how it's made up and it also allows people to be a little bit more flexible with their dieting um, but some people just hate it and they don't have to do it and it's absolutely fine to do it without it but we have found that with tracking there's kind of no room for um it's like there's less room for error so like there's less excuse making and um, there's more honesty it's also teaches people how to be more consistent and how to actually like um, show up to this dieting thing as you might call it day in day out whereas when you're kind of guessing and you're kind of um, assuming that what you're eating is the right thing you can waste a lot of time not knowing and and sometimes people kind of say oh sure tracking is so obsessive and I have to like put so much time and effort into it and surely that's not healthy but so is overthinking everything you eat you know so is eating a pizza on a Friday night and kind of going oh I wish I didn't eat that I was trying to be good all week and now I'm after eating a pizza and I feel really bad and that guilt and that stress that we we kind of give ourselves by not knowing is also damaging and unhealthy so sometimes tracking and realizing you know what I ate a pizza but it actually in my overall averages it didn't really make that much of a difference or I was able to factor it in still enjoy my Friday night and I'm still on track with my with my calorie deficit all of a sudden now that knowledge has allowed you to not be stressing and overthinking something that you didn't need to overthink in the first place so there's pros and cons to tracking um but I think it's it's definitely what gets most of our clients really really good results because there's just no room for um like what gets tracked gets measured and gets managed so it's just really important to um to do it, especially if you're not getting results. I'd say try without without tracking, but if it's not happening or if you kind of can't seem to lose weight or stay consistent with it, it's a really, really good tool to um, to help people understand where, where they might be going wrong. Yeah, what what gets measured gets managed, managed is a great uh, little phrase. And I guess the difference between tracking and not tracking could be 
you're not you're you're if you're tracking your calories you're no longer shooting at a moving target you know exactly what the target is whereas it's a little bit more uh, up in the air uh, if you're not if you're not actually in charge of what you're taking in so what i'm taking away from that my ears pricked up when you said the word pizza as usual when i hear the word pizza i, t- I tend to listen so if i'm tracking my calories um i could i could work in my my friday night pizza my domino's uh you know 20 euro meal deal or maybe a trip to McDonald's and get a grand Big Mac, something like that. Is that is that something that, that you come across with your clients a lot? Sure, it's what we recommend. Everybody eats for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> no, yeah. So, and this is it. You kind of hit the nail on the head there. It's like when you track, you have room to include these things. And, and that's important. Like life is to be lived. It's not to be eating like healthy food and, and worrying about it all the time, like 24-7. But... There is obviously a nice balance, like you can get away with eating some bold food, but the majority of our food needs to come from healthy sources if we want to actually enjoy life. But when it comes to tracking, because you know what's going in and what's going out, it it gives you a little bit more freedom to choose what you want to eat. Like we kind of teach people about how much calories they should be eating, how much macronutrients they should be eating within those calories. And then like outside of that, like once you've gotten your main um your main micronutrients, your main macronutrients, and you're kind of hitting the nails on the head, you can use the remainder of your calories to eat things that you like. Or like you said, you might have a Friday where you go out and you eat something that you enjoy because that's what keeps you on a diet, you know, or uh, any kind of fat loss journey includes things you like. Otherwise, it's just not sustainable. So we found that through the use of tracking, it gives people that little bit more flexibility in terms of being allowed to to um, eat the things they like as well as the things that they need. Yeah, that's taking the other factors of health, like you say, into the equation, the mental health and enjoyment of life. You, you said something there that really resonated with me. It was life is for living. So you've also touched on something else there that I, I would want to ask you about is macronutrients. So we always hear we should be taking the right things into our body. What are macronutrients for the listeners at home? Yeah, so m- macronutrients are essentially just uh, the, the types of food that ca- calories are, are that they travel through. So calories... Uh, travel through these three main macronutrients which would be your protein carbs and fats and then there's also a a fourth one which is alcohol which gets forgotten about a lot but does contain calories Um, so yeah protein carbs and fats are your main macros that kind of make up all of our foods that we consume yeah, so they're kind of the basis yeah. of how we how we would break down a, a calorie. So you mentioned earlier the example of someone who's two thousand calories. They need to eat fifteen hundred a day to hit their three and a half thousand uh, deficit throughout the week. So would you then break that down for them in 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 terms of their macronutrients? Is that something you would do straight away, or would you hold that back and use that for maybe a later stage of their fat loss journey? Yeah, no, we would break it down pretty straight away. Like it's important for everyone to know. And I think what what we try to do a lot in the gym is is educate, you know, at any given time, someone's, everybody's goals are going to change. And it's important to know about the macronutrients and know why why all of them are important because there is times when some of them um, get reduced more than others. So when people, for example, are in a fat loss phase, they might lower their fat more than their other macronutrients because fat has more calories per gram so just for context uh, protein and carbs have four calories per gram but fat has nine calories per gram so in 100 grams of protein there's only 400 calories whereas in 100 grams of fat there's 900 calories so they are a little bit for the same amount of food you're getting a lot more calories so that's why people naturally kind of drop their fat intake when they're dieting and because they're trying to keep their calories at a certain range so and that can be helpful for dieting you know to reduce fat because it means you get 
the same amount of food or, or, or might feel like you're getting a lot of food, but not a huge amount of calories because the, the more calorific foods have been lowered down. But then there's other times in life where where like fat intake is really important, you know, and it is always important, but it might be important to have higher amounts, you know, if you're trying to have a baby or you're trying to um, just look after your overall health. There's times when when having too low fat is, is not good, you know, so there's different times where, where different ratios and then depending on the person as well, depending on who that individual is that I'm giving a macro breakdown to, it's going to vary. So what we ch- tend to do in, in Nikovit is give somebody their overall calorie goal or maybe their calorie range that they want to shoot for um, on average every week. And then we'll also give them a kind of a definite protein target because um, when we deal with fat loss clients, um, we're trying to prevent muscle breakdown and we know that being in a deficit in general can cause muscle breakdown so it's important that that person a weight trains and b has a sufficient amount of protein within their diet and so that we can try eliminate as much uh, muscle breakdown as possible so that's why protein is is a really big important one uh, out of the three macronutrients Um, and we would always tell somebody to eat again depending on on their um on the person between kind of like 1.5 1.6 to about 2.5, 2.7 grams per kilogram of body weight. If someone's very new, they might be at the lower range because it's obviously very hard to to begin that process of increasing protein. Um, But then when it comes to carbs and fats, sometimes I like to leave that up to the person. I might say to them, look, once you're getting the calories right, once you're getting your protein right, you can vary those carbs and fats depending on your preference. Like some people just like more carby-based foods. They like eating breads and pastas a little bit more then the kind of more fatty based foods. And um, so that could be a preference thing. Or, you know, if somebody trains a lot or they're very athletic or they do a lot of cardio or they just move around a lot, they might work well having a higher carb intake, you know, or they might work well using the rest of their, their macros um, for carbs. And then somebody else might be sitting at a desk all day. They might not need carbs as much. So theirs might be a little bit lower. So it does kind of depend on the person, what kind of foods they like and enjoy, and then also what what they're doing at every, any given time. But like I said, Jack, somebody could be sitting at a desk all day and then they could get a new job and they're on their feet now and their whole output changes, you know? So what somebody shoots for in 2020 might not be what they're shooting for in 2025. So it's always it always very much depends. I know that's a very vague answer, but it always depends on the person uh, and what their what their goals are. But calories are always number one when it comes to fat loss. Protein is generally number two. And we want to make sure because if we're sufficiently or if we're like consistently low in protein um, and we're in a calorie deficit, we're going to start losing muscle mass and muscle burns calories. So it's really important that we hold on to all that muscle that we've gained and all that hard work we're doing in the gym and by making sure we're reaching our proteins. That would be number one. And then the other two can vary, but it's just important not to go too low in either. Does that make sense? So it doesn't matter too much if proteins really are fats really high and carbs are are lower but if, if one of them is consistently really low that can that can cause problems um so yeah so it depends on, on on the person and their goals yeah absolutely i think that's where again like your earlier point about tracking it is down to the individual person and from what you're saying there it sounds like balance is very very important uh, as well when it comes to burning calories so we're talking about taking the calories in and, and, and sort of deficit and now you have me thinking okay so the workouts i'm doing I'm burning calories during the workouts, but other than the than the exercise itself, what are the main factors that impact our calorie requirements? So maybe movement outside of our sessions, or like you say, the job we have, or our gender. Mm-hmm. What are the kind of main uh, main things that you would take into account as a coach when uh, establishing that? 
Yeah, so I think, yeah, it's a, it's a big part of it that people kind of don't think about, you know, is like, I want to lose a bit of weight, I need to stop eating as much, but they forget that there is that component of, of, of uh, output, you know, is like, you can create a calorie deficit by never changing your diet, but solely just moving more or like increasing the amount of calories you're burning, because that obviously um, in, uh, increases the calorie deficit within your body. So um, yeah, so like you said, you have your BMR, which is your basic metabolic rate, which is how many calories you burn a day doing zilch. So lying in bed, watching Netflix, not moving, uh, dreamy, but yeah, yeah, it doesn't happen often, but everybody has, everybody has their BMR. So there's a certain amount of calories that people need every single day, even if they do zilch, right? And that's another thing. Like some people eat underneath that number, which is just hard to think about. But your body needs a certain amount to actually function. So let's say uh, a BMR might be like 1,300 calories. So let's take Mary and Jane. Mary's BMR is 1,300 calories. So is Jane, right? They both have the same amount of muscle mass. They're the same kind of age and height. So they have the same BMR. But Mary works in an office sitting at a desk eight hours a day and Jane is a personal trainer just because that's the first thing that comes to my head so she's moving around all day she's lifting weights she's on the floor so their overall calorie intake is going to look very different if they're if they have the same goal they're both trying to maintain uh jane or whatever name i picked is going to obviously need a lot more than mary and so they're how much they move is obviously going to determine how many calories they should have but also how much muscle they have in their body so if one of them has been training for five years and they've built up a few kilos of muscle mass on their body, that muscle is going to be doing a lot of work for them. So their their BMR is essentially going to be higher. So there's that kind of talk of metabolism, like, oh, I have a slow metabolism or I have a fast metabolism or I want to speed up my metabolism. Essentially there, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're weight training, we're strength training, we're eating enough protein, we're building lean muscle and that lean muscle burns calories. So therefore I now burn more calories when I'm at rest than someone who has less muscle mass. So they're kind of factors that can cause um a change in how much calories we burn on any given day yeah so i can as a client manipulate how many calories i can take in by being more active uh get, gaining a little bit of muscle mass i guess so my basal me- metabolic rate my bmr would be different to a female who's maybe 20 kilos lighter than me it, it is mm-hmm. it, and i kind of it, it starts to provide context then when you realize mm-hmm. why someone needs to eat a certain amount compared to someone else I like to say an athlete, someone who plays GAA and as well as going to the gym, they're obviously going to require a higher a higher uh, amount of calories. Something that mm-hmm. comes to mind with this conversation, especially when we talk about habits and jobs and uh, and just routines, meal timing. Is that something that people should be really taking into account, like eating late at night? Maybe if you're if you're a nurse and you work a night shift or someone who's looking to, to build muscle, they have that famous anabolic window where you have half an hour to eat a high protein meal after your workout or else all your gains are gone. Is meal timing something that you would get into with your clients? I suppose it depends on what the goal is. Like if the goal, a person's goal is fat loss, then what matters is that they're in a calorie deficit, you know, regardless of when they eat their food, whether that's all in one meal or whether that's 20 meals throughout the day. Like if the person is in a deficit, they're going to lose, they're going to lose fat. So meal timing isn't, isn't it's in the sense of like, if you eat at eight o'clock, you know, am I going to put on weight or am I not going to lose weight? No. Like if you eat too many calories, you'll put on weight. If you don't eat enough calories, you'll lose weight. So meal timing isn't important when it comes to gaining and losing, but like it can be important for other things. So it is, it is shown that it is relatively important to eat protein somewhere around your training, maybe two to three hours within the window for recovery purposes. Um, but like, or like if you eat late at night, you know, you might feel really full. You might not be able to sleep. If you eat something sugary before bed, it might affect your, 
your sleep and then you might be irritable and, and cranky and have a higher appetite the next day so which will have a knock-on effect to dieting in general but in terms of will I put on weight or will I you know that kind of myth of like it does eating past eight o'clock um I don't know, even know what the myth is but yeah the answer is no you can eat all your meals at any time of the day as long as you're getting enough like if you're eating enough protein throughout the day um it's not going to matter necessarily what time you eat it at um as long as you're getting it that's uh that's very reassuring so i can have my bowl of crunching or cornflakes at midnight and and rest assured that i'm okay so i'm Absolutely. delighted with that i'm <laughs> delighted with that <laughs> i guess so it, it it is a good point it reinforces what you're saying earlier calories really are the king um so i'm thinking okay i can fit in my crunchy nut at midnight i can have my pizza on a friday night but also I want to be healthy. I don't just want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. I don't just want to gain weight. I don't just mm-hmm. want to stay the same. I also want to be a healthy human. So where does food quality come into the equation here? Yeah, so there's there's a the fat loss and health are actually two very separate things. And like in NikaFit, what we try to do is like combine them as much as possible. But realistically, when you think about it, if I told you to go across to the garage and buy two Mars bars, and just eat that for the next, you know, four weeks, two Mars bars a day, every day for the next four weeks, you are going to lose a huge amount of weight because you're going to be in a massive calorie deficit. So fat loss can be done without being healthy. You don't have to eat healthy food to be in a calorie deficit. But how long are you going to last on that diet? Like your skin is probably going to break out. You're going to be miserable. You'll have no energy. Like you'll be missing out on so many micronutrients and and hydration and everything else. So you're just not going to last and it's going to be miserable. So eating healthily is super super important so also really important you know to be getting all of your um micronutrients in and and uh, like even just things like sleep like there's just so much that goes into it so it's easy to say like calories are the be all and end all and when it comes to fat loss and, and muscle gain they are really like it is kind of scientifically calories in versus calories out but if you're not sleeping well at night you're going to wake up the next day you're going to feel hungrier you're going to feel crankier it's going to be a lot harder so it is easy to say that the only thing that matters is what goes in and what goes out, but there's a lot of, it's not as simple as that. And I think people need to take a bigger picture. So when it comes to like eating healthily, healthy food versus eating unhealthy food, that's like, that's trying to find that balance between eating healthy, getting the right types of macronutrients in, making sure that you're fueling your body in the correct way, but also having some of the things that you like, some of the things that you enjoy so that you stay doing this let's call it healthy eating regime for as long as possible. So the 80-20 rule is used a lot. You probably hear that a lot of like 80% healthy, 20% unhealthy. Um, so that overall your health is good. You're looking after um, your overall health, but while also um, not being too rigid, that it's something that you're going to do for two to three weeks and then and then quit and revert back to unhealthy ways. So, Yeah, so I suppose just eating healthily, I guess that what you're telling me is I still have to eat my spinach basically mm-hmm sorry uh, so maybe, I, maybe 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 i could put spinach on my pizza it'd be certainly better than the but, uh, thank you so much katie so this is uh this is actually part one of two that we'll be uh doing with katie with uh, uh next week we're going to be dealing or in our next episode we're going to be dealing primarily with accountability getting a little bit more into the tracking and how to deal with your overall uh lifestyle around around fitness and around health and working with an accountability coach This was really interesting just to get into the nitty gritty of calories, macronutrients, and how that whole world works. 
the energy balance equation. So if you enjoyed this one, make sure to share it with your friends, subscribe to the episode, share it on social media. This is information that's really accessible. It's really easy to understand. And Katie has done an amazing job of explaining it. Um, I've been working as a coach for a long time, but it's still just interesting to have these things just refresh for me. So thank you so much, Katie. Uh, we will be talking to you again in part two uh, around your role as an accountability coach and uh, the sort of greater scope of what uh, of what you do in NickFit. So thank you so much. Thanks, Jack.